I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Hi guys. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of The Wedding Session. Ooh. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Hi mom. <laughs> okay, so Kelly. Yes. How do you fix a broken bottle of Johnny Walker? Uh, tape? What kind? Duct tape? Scotch tape. Womp womp. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Well played. I have another. Hey, did you hear about the guy who got hit in the head with a can of soda? No. He was lucky it was a soft drink. Womp. (laughs) Where did you find these? Oh, the internet is a wonderful place. (laughs) These are some epic dad jokes, girl. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Be ready for this. (laughs) So all aboard this train and hang on for your your life. If you can't decide on what type of bar to offer, we're here to give you the old college dry. So keg back, let juice sit down, and as we Johnny Walker, you through this week's topic to cash bar or to open bar? That is the question. Oh my. (laughs) Now, the Russian standard for bars at weddings have drastically changed over the years. This is rye. We are at this open table to dive in and discuss. I can tell you are boozing with excitement. (laughs) I know we have you hanging by a red and we want to help you see the big picture. (laughs) This topic is still or tough still to swallow but let's go full bottle and speak with a corked tongue. (laughs) Guess it I promise. (laughs) How much time did you have this week like to create that beautiful monologue? I definitely dove in. (laughs) It's Shakespearean. (laughs) Yes. It's glorious. Shakespearean pornography. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So, you guys haven't figured it out. This week's topic is your bar. Should you have a cash bar or an open bar? It's a huge topic. (laughs) Oh man. So, yeah. Uh, Feedback on my intro? (laughs) Glorious. Truly glorious. Can't stop. That was Shonda Rhimes inspired... (laughs) Right? Shakespearean monologue. I love it. Yeah, it was definitely something picked out of scandal for sure. Uh, I was literally going to say, Olivia would be so proud of you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so in all seriousness, uh, it's really, we're just going to talk about the different options and what is going to work best for you. It is a super big, uh, not issue, but. I think, it, I wouldn't a- say it's controversial. I would say it's more like sided. Yes. You're either one side or you're the other. Yes. And I think it divi- it can divide a couple very easily when deciding what to do for the mm-hmm. wedding day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first of all, let's talk about the difference. It is self-explanatory in the name, but it's good to define them. So an open bar or a host bar, it means that the guests attending don't pay for anything that they drink. It is assumed that you, the client, are responsible for the final bill at the end of the night. Whereas a cash bar is simply where the guests pay for the drinks they consume. A lot like a restaurant or going to any regular bar. Exactly. And of course, there is a lot of gray area in between these black and white definitions that we have provided you. Okay. So let's start with a history lesson, Ooh, shall my we? my favorite. We always want to just give you like the insight. <laughs> I like it. So... Like traditionally back in the day, the bride's parents were to pay for the reception and the groom's parents were to pay for the bar. Now, this isn't ideal because a wedding could be 10 people or 300, right? Uh Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you can explain like back in the day, a wedding was much different. (laughs) 
I actually was I called my mom because she's obviously my inspiration for all things wedding related. And uh, we were talking because I was asking her about, you know, what we what our culture does, you know, being Portuguese, the European culture versus the North American culture versus, um, you know, a friend of mine is is she's Indian, South Asian. So like all the different places, you know, how people do things differently. And even like just the modern bride and groom or the modern couple, regardless of what your cultural background is, I think it's totally changed. Yes. I think yeah. a lot of people, um, I, especially with our clients too, I think a lot of people are getting married a little bit older. I think they're mm-hmm. waiting to kind of work on their careers and stuff. And so um, I think they're looking to like pay for their own weddings as much as they can. But that also means that they're, um, changing how they do the wedding. And so before, um, and all the weddings that I've ever been to, the guests don't pay for their drinks. You're not going to come to my wedding and, and pay for anything because and a part of me thinks that's, that's just a, a host very, thing. Like it's also a European thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. What's, the first, I, I see? what's yeah. the first thing you do when you come to my place or when you come over to my parents' place? Would wine. you like a glass of wine? <laughs> It's a no-brainer. <laughs> I was going to say tequila, but that was our younger days. <laughs> and days. not your parents. Your my, not my parents. They don't usually <laughs> yeah. shoot tequila. Um, but and also they... weddings now aren't, like back, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you went to your church in your hometown, mm-hmm. and then you possibly had a dinner in the reception hall. Mm-hmm. It was very simple, very, like, minimal, and weddings have evolved so much oh, over time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A 100%. could cost just the food alone mm-hmm. is a huge cost for it's like for the decor, or the labor, yep. or the planners, absolutely, all well, the other things. And the venue traditionally used to take care of all that too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I asked my mom. I said, "Well, what did you, what did you guys do?" They got married in 1978. She said, "Well, we got the church, we got the venue, we got a cake, that's it. We got a dress, a suit." Everything else was gravy. Like we, they obviously they had some other things, but she's like, "You didn't really focus on." Um, or pay attention to or have the sort of options that you do now the venue took care of everything mom what was your centerpiece like she's like oh god i don't know it was like a rose or something like it was some tchotchkes in the middle of the table like she's like i don't even remember it was you know it was just it was unmemorable and the venue provided your food and the bar and again my grandfather was like nobody's paying for drinks if you're gonna come to my daughter's wedding i'm paying for this eh, no it's a pride thing it's a reputation thing they will go broke before you pay for anything. Cause and was it like beer, wine, maybe a few spirits? Like there was no. I mean, I wasn't there, so I don't know. <laughs> but I can assume that your mom didn't have like a blue martini. Oh, for hard the, the, her, no, no, like no. his and her. You know, no, like, they probably had some hard spirits, probably like vodka, maybe. But yeah, no, that that it was the venue took care of that all. You didn't have to worry about anything, and it was it was open bar, open host bar. That's all it was. And then it wasn't until my friends actually started getting married and they were paying for the majority of the wedding that the idea of a cash bar or a toonie bar or a donation bar or anything like that started to kind of happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a trend from maybe like the 2000s, even the 90s at this mm-hmm. toonie bar. But we, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yes, mm-hmm. it's the times have changed for sure. Yep. Uh, and then, of course... Like, you don't know how many guests are coming. And then, as I said earlier, the decor and alternative costs aren't really considered in these traditional wedding who pays what. Mm-hmm. Because that just simply didn't exist back then. There's just so much tool. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so as you all guessed it today on our segment of Planner's Perspective, we are talking about having a cash bar versus an open bar. For you listeners joining us today, the Planner's Perspective segment is when we take one topic or element of your wedding day and discuss and debate both sides of the coin. Think of us like your coffee filter. Everyone is giving you confusing information and opinions. We take it and filter it into smooth and sensible advice, and maybe add a dash of Bailey's while we're at it. With all those worries and concerns bouncing back and forth in your brain, it's hard to stay sane when you have friends and family offering conflicting advice. So first we'll start with an open bar. Let's talk about the pros. It's friggin' awesome. As a guest, you're telling me I get to dress up, hang out with my friends, take some awesome selfies, and have free drinks and food all night. Okay, you know why I appreciate also the open bar? I don't have pockets. Mm. 
where in the heck am I supposed to keep all of my change? If we're doing a toonie bar, what am I going to rip around with like a bunch of toonies in my bra? I don't think so. I'm not even wearing a bra right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hide them in my shoes. No, they've already been off for 25 minutes. They're underneath the table. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's where do you, where do you do that? So that's why I like the open bar as a guest perspective. Mm -hmm. Obviously there is, I'm sure we'll probably go into the cons of like overdoing it at the (laughs) open bar. Yes. (laughs) At the end of this, we'll, we'll give you guys advice on how to handle that exactly you know you go to a wedding you don't have to worry about anything Mm -hmm. maybe just your ride home a safe ride home exactly or accommodations and it also encourages socializing and offers that like liquid courage so 140 not so much strangers in a bar but not all those 140 guests know each other so it just gives you more of that extra bump i guess (laughs) to uh open yourself up to new oh new uh, what's the word not adventures opportunities how many times have we seen the best man oh and the maid of honor Mm. make eye contact on the dance floor Mm -hmm. and you're like oh it's the two single people have found each other oh no and you see them actually connecting on the dance floor you're like only because he's had in real life never only because maybe he's had a little bit of vodka Mm -hmm. she's had a lot of wine and and they're feeling guys never really make the effort to put on a suit and like Everyone, do their hair, yes. cologne, shave for like a bar. Like girls might, but guys don't necessarily do no. it. So to see them in this like suit and give a great speech, it's like, okay, there's lots of emotions. Very happening. handsome. Yeah. Very right? handsome. You, you can smell mm-hmm. so good, right? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Topic, yes. It does encourage uh liquid courage for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh guests will also stay longer if the drinks are complimentary. Yeah. A, a friend of mine, she went to uh her cousin's wedding. And she texted me. She's like, holy crap, it's $9 a drink. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. And so she had to buy it. But they just bounced because they just didn't want to pay 9 bucks for like one highball. No way. It's a lot, right? Uh, yeah. Mm. I've been to a few weddings uh, where it's been a cash bar. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared for it, it's mm-hmm. definitely a bit of a downer. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the family, it was always an open bar. So it wasn't Ooh. a great selection i feel for her guests that's that's what i took away from it Mm -hmm. but yeah but you will find people just bounce a tent you have all the like you have the ceremony and the cocktail hour and this beautiful dinner and the decor is stunning and and these speeches and it's warm and it's hearty and then the dancing starts and you're like yeah it's time to party and everyone leaves because they don't want to pay nine bucks for a drink so okay well so then what that do you is, do? Like it's an empty dance floor at 8.30. Right. Oh, okay. Grandma's getting down. <laughs> Disco fever. Right. Uh, and the pros is you won't have anybody complaining about an open bar. Have you ever heard anybody being like, oh, I can't believe the drinks are free. <laughs> it's so, so ridiculous that I have to not pay for my alcohol. There are oh. no complaints. Never. There are sloppiness, but we'll get well, to that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a con. <laughs> And then another one uh, is it's usually faster service. I 100% agree with this. Mm -hmm. Speaking as a guest, speaking in the bridal party, and actually also speaking from a a, vendor, whether when we were in catering or as a wedding planner, the last thing you want to have is a traffic jam at the bar. It's the worst thing to happen because then you have a whole bunch of people waiting, then they get really frustrated. Or you have the, if you have a massive. Frustrated is a good word. (laughs) Oh, belligerent and <laughs> aggressive is another way to say it too. <laughs> um, or if you have like a massive menu, for example, and everyone's like, what do I think? I think I'm going to go with the yeah, I used to signature run. blah, blah, blah cocktail that includes honeysuckle and this, that, and the other. And you're like, okay, wine or beer. What do you want? Keep it simple. <laughs> I used to run a concession when I was younger. Like I used to work there at the baseball diamond and there was a, there was candy bags. One of the people that used to run it there, like, oh, we should have let the kids like pick what candy they want. Like that six year old doesn't know the difference. I don't have they time don't care. To stand is it sugar? Fifty cents. Yeah. <laughs> so is there sugar in it? That's all they care about. A small bag and a big bag. Yeah. You get whatever you uh-huh. get. Mm-hmm. So similar to alcohol. Yeah. Make it simple. Keep oh yeah. It simple. Stupid. <laughs> we tell that to our clients all the time. Yeah. This isn't a club. It's a wedding reception. <laughs> wedding. You don't need to have a giant list of, at the bar. No. Now, what we mean by faster service is, uh, like, I'll paint a picture. Is that I'm a bartender. I'm a bartender. Kelly's a bartender. There's two of us, and there's 140 people standing in front of us. 
It's really awkward went. when they're staring at you being yes. like, can you please hurry up? Mm-hmm. And you're like, so it's like, oh, can I'm I have a wine? Okay, sure. Okay, that's $7. Okay, give me your card mm-hmm. or your cash. Okay, here's your change. Oh, tip jar is there. Where's the bathroom? It's over there. So when you don't have that cash transaction, you can pour 20 white wines. Be like, who's having white wine? Well, perfect example. Let's say if you go to a club and there's a massive lineup mm-hmm. at the bar. Yeah, well, guess what? You can go to the other 11 bars that are in that club. <laughs> yes. When you're at a wedding reception, there's, there's one no bar. Mm-hmm. You yeah. start doing an L shape in the dance floor waiting in line for your glass of rosé. Like, nah, <laughs> I'm sorry. By the time you get it, you're like, oh, I might as well stand in line again. I'm going to get two. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You can only have one drink at a time. <gasps> oh, your concerts. <gasps> <gasps> Like, no wonder we all sneak in stuff. It's yes. Just, come on. <laughs> we don't encourage that at all. <laughs> We've never done it. <laughs> okay, so let's move into the cons of an open bar. It can get sloppy really mm. fast. Now, we really encourage food pairings with your alcohol. <laughs> but if you have an open bar and you know that some of your guests are going to just take big advantage of that, that's a bad idea. That's a bad thing for sure. And you... Definitely want to let your wedding planner know uh-huh. yeah. to keep an eye out, maybe for some certain people, because they could be the instigators. <laughs> yeah, and we also encourage um, to like have a conversation with these people. Right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. You know, there's a difference between a, a guest that's like, we're on a stag, it's super fun, and oh, remember that time you like fell over versus someone that you go out with all the time that gets... Not all the time, but then that one person you go with, and you're like, is it 5 a.m.? What am I doing out? <laughs> and everybody has a friend like that. So if it's that friend and, and you've seen them act sloppy in other weddings or mm-hmm. other formal settings, it's it's a good idea to have a conversation with them. Yep. Look, it's my wedding. My grandma is here. Can you control yourself till 10 o'clock? Be on your best behavior. Mm-hmm. You have two more hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Just one day of your life. The cost, it can definitely get out of hand mm-hmm. super fast. Do you remember that one wedding we yes, did? I'll never forget. You'll that never one. forget this, okay? No. The bride and groom were, again, they were like, no, our guests are here. They're, They're not going to pay for anything. And they were adamant. Mm-hmm. It's an open bar. And we arranged with the venue and we said, okay, so we're going to reach a certain amount a certain window please let us know when we get there so that we can assess the situation and the groom was like nope nope we're going ahead open bar don't worry about a thing what was their total bill twenty thousand dollars for booze yes stop i thought it was nine at one point it was 12 and i told him I remember that. Higher. Yes. Because yes. you were the lead on this too. Yes. That's right. $20,000 on alcohol. That shook. <laughs> I would be shook. Yes. That's, that was half of my tuition. <laughs> now, the the bar never did not have a line. No, it's always, true. Always, always, always had a line. Mm-hmm. Through dinner, through speeches, cocktail. It never stopped. And yep. the bar was fast. They kept They were up. very good at it keeping up. It was a restaurant. Up. So it, they were used to the pace. Yep with the guests that's insane twenty thousand dollars that's crazy and that's and for those of you out there that are listening to this and thinking like sweet jesus that's a lot of money it It is is a lot of money that is definitely a rare experience Mm -hmm. um and we really try and avoid that yes (laughs) that's part of why we'll always be kind of keeping track with the venue as well uh, or with your caterer whoever's providing your bar and just be like okay guys where are we at right now when it comes to to the total amount and if we reach a point where we're getting into some gray area. Then we're going to have a conversation with the bride and groom and be like, okay, so are you okay to spend another $7,000? That's a lot of money. Shall <laughs> we close or mm-hmm. open or only water is available now? Okay. And so the last con that we'll touch on mm-hmm. is timing. So you can have an open bar, but is the open bar before your guests arrive for your ceremony when there's no food out and they're waiting in the heat? Or, you know, is it open bar during, like, dinner and late night, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to look at the times of when it's available, what time of day, and is there food with it? That's often why a lot of people do late night snacks is to absorb the booze. The booze. Oh, yeah. Lots of bread. (laughs) When in doubt, give them more bread. Is there pizza? More bread. (laughs) Um, I had a couple who did a, like, a ranch station. And that was pretty creative because they were very like much ranch into ranch. Dressing? Yeah, so it was like in a chocolate fountain replaced with ranch, chicken wings, pizza, 
Oh Lots my god, these are my favorite people. Delicious. Yes, people enjoy it. I guess they do. <laughs> okay, so a cash or host bar. I feel like a host is an industry term. Yeah. Like we are hosting this bar. It's a very visual It's a very visual word. Mm. Host bar. I always I always think of it like that. And that's why it always I under, I understand the word, I understand the term because you are you are hosting your guests. You're hosting the bar. It makes sense. Yes. Versus an open bar. Mm-hmm. And then everyone thinks like, oh, does that mean it's like an open menu? Like, no, no, no. No, no. Just an open bar. If you select a chicken, that's what you're getting. <laughs> Do not make a change. Because <laughs> Table 12 is not getting their change. <laughs> okay, so the pros of a cash or host bar. So you, the client, will know the bar for the bill or a good idea before the event starts. So your costing and budget is so much easier to attain and mm-hmm. to understand. It's not this surprise. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it definitely helps you with your budgeting because it's one less thing to worry about. Even if you decide you want to do like a little bit of a host bar at the beginning and then you're like, okay, I know I'm going to buy maybe say like 200 drinks in total. So mm-hmm. like two drinks per person, yes. for example, that's way more easier to digest at the end of the day (laughs) versus having this ginormous bill at the end. So it's a gamble. Mm -hmm. You don't know what people are going to consume. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a crapshoot. But if you set it ahead of time, then you're good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another pro is your guests will indulge unless it's on their dime. So if they choose that they want to get wrecked, they're paying for it. Exactly. And that's really, really helpful, especially if you have some of your friends, for example, that just like to get lit at any party. And you're like, I am not going to be responsible for your shenanigans or your barbell tonight. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) At least it's on like their their choice. Exactly. So if you do have a crowd of big drinkers, it might be a good idea to do a cash bar just simply because you know that it's not going to be on your bar at the end of the day. Your bill at the end of the night. Totally. Yes, of course. And then it's really less work for you. Like, the bar will sell whatever they have. If it's a restaurant, they'll have everything. If it's mm-hmm. catered a little different, it's way less work for you to choose. You just have to choose, like, maybe the whites and the reds that you want some beer offered. But if your guests want, you know, random, like, regular gin and tonic or have a high-end 12-year-old scotch, that that's their choice. They can pay for it themselves. It, yeah, It won't absolutely. affect your bill at all. So it's a lot less decision-making for you as the bride and groom to do it. It's like, oh, just have the cash bar. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or I know sometimes we've done it where we'll have the, um, it'll be a really, really simple host bar. And then if anybody else wants anything extra, then you pay for that. Yeah. So like, like we'll tiers. cover the cost of the beer and the wine. Mm-hmm. If you want More. 18 year Oban, you can help yourself. It's 18 <laughs> bucks a pop. Go for it. Exactly. 30 bucks a pop. You yeah, know what totally. I mean? So. So those are the pros of cash bar. <laughs> as a guest, it's hard to wrap your head around it. But as a bride and groom, it, it makes sense. So with cons, people will complain. Yes. There is not one person that will not complain. It doesn't matter. You'll always have one person, I think, that will complain. I think if you, as long as you let people know ahead of time to be prepared to be like, okay, guys, bring some cash mm-hmm. or... If you're in a building, for example, and we're always saying bring cash because we're always assuming it's going to be offsite somewhere in a field in the middle of the sticks and you want to do a cash bar and guests are like, there's no ATM for seven kilometers. Like, I got nothing. At least if you let people know, then they're somewhat prepared. But again, you're always going to have those traditional guests that are a little huffy. (laughs) Yeah. And we say cash bar is in... Like, there's Interact and and machines Mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. Most restaurants and hotels have this. Mm -hmm. It's when you're in the field in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to get 20 bucks? Like, How do you break a 20? Yeah. So we always suggest like if you're going to have a cash bar, you need to let people know. Exactly. Because most of the time people carry cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had it where like a person accepts e-transfers um, as like a ticket base. And that, now it is. As a ticket base. Could you imagine mm-hmm. sitting there being no. like, can I please get a Toonie vodka? No. <laughs> I'm going to e-transfer you the Toonie now. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. We mean to, we'll, we'll elaborate on it. But a ticket base is, uh, say someone's selling mm-hmm. drink tickets for two bucks. Then mm-hmm. people can just buy 10 for 20 bucks. Yeah. And that's an easy e-transfer. Yes. And most people would do that. Totally. If, even for if sure. I wasn't consuming 10 drinks, I would still buy 20 bucks worth of tickets. Yeah. Exactly. easy, right? Exactly. So we kind of touched a little bit on this. But the um, the service can slow down if it's a like large number hitting the bar at once, which yes. is kind of what we talked about the con of a 
uh, or sorry, a pro of the open po- bar. Open bar. Yeah. But a con of a cash bar is if they get slammed. Yes. There's that delay as they're sitting there trying to Count. give you change or if they're not prepared for it or yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then the, the other one we kind of just chatted about is like, is your venue set up for electronic transactions? So do they accept card, debit? They just accept cash. Is it reliant on a float? Because that's when it gets crazy. Oh, yeah. Because and who it, brings the float? Who is in charge of the float once it's filled with 20s and 50s? Yeah. It always happens. It never, ever ends well. No, absolutely. And if you're, yeah, unless you unless you have a responsible adult in charge of that money, <laughs> or if you're selling tickets and then you have a family member that's in charge of that money because mm-hmm. then you're relying on the bartender and you're, you know... We're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and they're probably very reputable and they're probably really amazing, but are they providing all of that as well? And then they have to take their float at the end of the night and give you the remaining balance and then you have to give a bunch of toonies to a very drunk bride and groom. So many things happening. And we like as planners, and this comes a lot from our catering background, but we were always said we were never in charge of your money. Oh, yeah. We don't have... That's a liability thing. We don't have the time to stand there and like see where the money is because at the end of the night if some money's missing whose fault is that exactly we are working around so many different other things going on our focus can't be the money so in catering what we always used to do is if we are taking care of the cash we are selling our booze Mm -hmm. but if it's your booze and you want to charge it you need to assign someone or figure an alternative because exactly that's like a very weird territory absolutely I mean, it comes down to liability at the end of the day, right? So, yeah. Like, who's who's in charge of it or who's responsible for that? Yeah, for sure. And I think the last one, too, to consider is if you are close to an ATM. So, we've kind of touched on this a little bit. You're in the middle of Dogpatch, BC. (laughs) Where are you? You've got nothing. There's no... (laughs) I knew you were going to say Dogpatch. It was in my head. She's like, she's going to... It's either either out in the sticks or out in Dogpatch. Either way, (laughs) there's no Wi-Fi. Your Winnipeg is showing. (laughs) But are you close to an ATM? Probably not. Do you accept e-transfers? And how does that end up working? Uh So again, do you sit there at the bar as you're giving like a $2 (laughs) e-transfer every time you want a vodka? Like, okay, whatever. Um, And then who manages if the the venue or the restaurant or the, the caterer, if they don't, who's in charge of that? Do you have some cousin that's not legal to drink? But are they responsible enough to handle money? I hope so. That's usually what we, we suggest is like if you have someone in that, I'd say, 13 to 17 year old range mm-hmm. where they are too old to be there, but too young to drink, mm-hmm. like give them a job. Oh, yeah. And there's many jobs you can give them. One we say is sell drink tickets because not only do they get to sit there and handle money, let them have a tip jar. Most people will throw a five in there, like 200 bucks to a 14 year old. Is, is massive. Like I remember my first paycheck being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so <laughs> so you can not only get that moody teenager doing something productive, but they'll also make money too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's hilarious. That's right? so true, actually. That's so true. <laughs> okay, so now we've discussed the pros and cons of cash bar versus open bar. Now there is a third option. We're talking the gray area here. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go into your wedding and purely say, like, I'm going to do a cash bar or I'm going to do an open bar. You don't need to have a, a black and white answer. You can do a mix of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And this is what we often suggest to our clients because it's easy to add these little gray pieces in and also keep within a budget. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're going to do this, but you're going to have an open bar here and a cash bar here or something like that. So exactly. It's yeah. like it's a, kind of the, it's a little bit of a meeting in the middle. Yeah, and like the best of both worlds. Exactly. And you can sure. choose the option that works best for you because it's it, it'll appease certain of like people in your family and friends that mm-hmm. you would probably hear the most complaints from. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like you're still like keeping that classy element, but you're also being mindful of your budget. Exactly. Which is essentially you need to be mindful of your budget. You just can't be like, yeah, here, there, whatever. Well, oh my gosh. Like yeah. if we had an unlimited budget, whoo. Right. Oh. Favorite clients? <laughs> the but theme we- is diamonds. <laughs> diamonds and gold. So much gold. So much gold. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about your third options. So the one we've kind of touched a base a bit on uh, yeah. uh, was the Juni Bar. Mm-hmm. Now, it's good with a little bit of... 
advice from us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the idea of a toonie bar, for those of you who are not Canadian, (laughs) oh yeah, what's a toonie? (laughs) So many moons ago, many moons ago, the Canadian, yes, right. (laughs) What's the movie? The town. So in the town, Ben, only because I know this because my husband likes to watch the town anytime he's building any furniture, which is all the time. (laughs) So I've heard the town many a times, despite I've never actually sat down and watched the movie. It's a bit intense. (laughs) But I can hear it. That and uh, The Departed are the two that I always hear. Equally intense. The Departed is great. Town. Anyway. (laughs) So uh, they insult each other in Bastin with the word Gatuni. So... (laughs) Every time I hear that, it's like, well, are they calling each other money? So for the so for those of you, oh my gosh, I'm just seeing that meme of like the car keys, and in Boston he's looking for his khakis. I'm I apologize, Massachusetts. Pack the cat. Pack the cat. Oh my god. I love John Krasinski, by the way. Yes. Um, oh, whole other yes. side tangent. <laughs> but for those of you who have no idea what a toonie is, many many moons ago, the Canadian government decided to take the $2 bill and create a coin, coin instead. And so for those of you that are wondering what the coin with the polar bear in the middle of it, and it's there's like, like a little bit of gold around the cent- around the edge silver. of it. Yeah. It's gold and silver with the polar bear. That's our toonie. It's $2. And the uni part came from our $1 coin called the, the loony, loony, named after a bird. The loon. Yes. And they look like a like a black sleek duck yep you see them around all the time they swim underwater and then they pop up but like other ducks no but like the loony or the loon goes like under for a while ducks can go up and down up and down but the loon will go from one point and then go for a while my parents gave us a lot of nature looking activities i'm just trying to pull it together I'm learning new things about you every day, Tarina. I definitely this grew up here, and my parents gave me a lot of free activities I have as a kid. Lots of nature walks. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's Lots how you do it. Okay, so, really, so I know loons because Raps. I remember hearing them from because I'm from Ontario, and they're <laughs> everywhere, and they are truly a very Canadian sound. They are, yeah. Um, and so the Toonie Bar, the reason why this is so popular is because all you do is basically drop a coin, and then you, you know, then you get your can, drink. You get your drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a great way to help kind of cover a little bit of the cost mm-hmm. of the bar. It so, also encourages your guests. So like an open bar, a lot of our clients get really concerned when you like have a drink and mm-hmm. you just put it down because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, they're free. So if they have a toonie, they right. have to think about it. Like, oh, I have to pay for it. So well, you- I will finish this one drink that I have. It's also only $2. Right. So you can still put it down. But you paid for it. So in theory, you kind of cover the cost a little bit. And I find sometimes, especially when we were in catering too, mm-hmm. that we would have some um, events where it would be like the client would pay for some stuff and then they would still do a toonie bar so that the bride and groom would still help to kind of cover the cost of the bar. Mm-hmm. So they were still paying for a lot of it and then they would be covering the cost of the toonie as well. It so that's sense. what a toonie bar is. F- so y- the con I. of it is that people are carrying around these loads of toonies. This is what I said earlier today. Like I, one roll, I think, is 50 bucks. And I think the only time that I ever really have coins on me, and this is back in the day, was for laundry. Yeah. Yeah, like coin laundry. That's And I would go to the bank and be like, I need a coin to loonies and toonies. I carry a toonie now so that I can get a double-double, <laughs> a medium double-double. It's just under $2. Or like a loonie or a quarter for the cart at the shopping, uh, like Save-On or something. I don't do but carts. Oh. <laughs> I don't have time or I patience. In the to- suburb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time or patience to rip around with a stupid cart. I will. I will hand bomb all of that if no, I have to. No, no, no. You've I seen me do use, it. I have. Yeah, you're very uh, city living. I'm very suburb yeah. living. It's got to be fast. Got to be quick. Yeah. I don't mess around with any of that stuff. But either way, I do that just. I have a plan, and I I do it like weird hours of the day, like 10 p.m. Well, yeah, everything is open really late in Vancouver, too. So. <laughs> but you're right. At the end of the day, you're relying on people actually carrying all of this coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an even number. And all of our the, – the smallest bill that we have is a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you still need to carry change, change anyways. You're going to get two loonies back regardless. It's like, what? And I have more coins. Now I have now I have more things. Okay, and if and speaking to the guys, okay, um, ladies, how many times have you emptied out his pockets and he's just got change everywhere? That's because he just came back from a friggin' wedding. <laughs> so you're gonna throw that roll of tunies in like your clutch purse with your cell phone, lipstick, 
Maybe your, your extra license. pair of shoes. <laughs> right. More makeup. You got hairspray in there. You got like deodorant. Oh, so much. Oh, yes. So many things are in there, and mm-hmm. it's a little tiny clutch the size of your fist. So tiny. Yeah. Mary Poppins clutch. <laughs> so that's a toonie bar. Next is uh, drink tickets. So drink tickets do not have to be tacky. You like, can actually design some really nice drink tickets. It can be done. It can be done well. Elegantly, yes. You just need to have everyone on board. Mm-hmm. The the essence of a drink ticket, really, is you'll have one person. Um, you're basically selling these these tickets. So you'll have one person that will be there. They'll be managing the money. You'll come up. You'll grab a ticket or multiple tickets, and then you take that ticket to the bar and you do a drink for a ticket exchange. Mm-hmm. So it's still very seamless at the bar. It eliminates this whole like traffic jam. It but eliminates you're... the handling of money. Exactly. It's and you, most of these tickets have a value. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's like beer, wine, maybe a highball. Mm-hmm. Like a, a standard measurement, mm-hmm. whatever, five ounce, seven ounce, whatever you have decided with your venue or your caterer from the beginning. It's not, like we don't suggest going to the dollar store and getting those like drink tickets that you would see at like ball games. Like those are tacky and awful, but you can like you can go on Canva, Etsy, whatever, and you can design your own and you can just have it as a very solid, plain color. Mm-hmm. As long as it has, the key is to have a date on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you don't want a drink ticket that is easily replicable because then anybody can, you know, get a ticket. Well, if you're having a wedding, typically it's a one day affair. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. but if you usually you're not going to get those to... drink tickets, like other people could potentially get those tickets. Uh, yes, that's so like, true. No, no, we do not want. That. No, that's so true. And yeah. we always, always, always suggest that once the bartender gets the ticket to rip it oh yeah just a small rip it just indicates that the ticket has been been consumed before because anybody can stick their hand in that jar and grab a ticket and they're like oh sweet another drink ticket like the bartenders don't know so you have to get that little rip in there yeah or cut it in half right yeah of course (laughs) sometimes what we suggest is with drink tickets you can basically put two per per person that's Mm -hmm. usually a very easy number to like a understand and like put within your budget you can do one you can do three you can do whatever you want but most people will have about two drinks at a wedding and we always say like print a little extra and then keep it on you so if you choose that you want to give tickets to other people you know in your budget like okay i've already given out you know 200 tickets to 100 of my guests and i have 100 in my pocket my budget is for 300 drinks but I get to choose who gets those other hundreds. And yep. you could do you can give it to your parents, you can give it like if you're up bridal there, party, bridal whoever. party, yeah. Friends, yeah. So you can limit it. You mm-hmm. can kind of stop it. Like it's still a fun time and it's awesome, but you know how much you're spending. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last one too is that well, actually I guess it's kind of a con of the drink tickets. Yes. <laughs> is they can easily get lost. And that people can complain. They'll complain about it. I didn't get or, my drink ticket. I, didn't get, I seriously doubt that. I highly doubt that because it was at your seat. Mm-hmm. So usually what we'll do is when we're part of the whole decor, the table decor set up is we'll actually, a lot of the times we'll put the drink tickets at the seat. So you'll have one or two or however many the clients are or the bride and groom would like to to allocate to each couple. Sometimes you'll have people that are like, I don't drink. You'll give it to your friend or you'll pass it along to the next person. And then sometimes people will, will go through all of it and then look for more. Yeah. Now <laughs> but, we're hoping that like your guests wouldn't go in and start grabbing tickets from tables. Oh, that's just tacky. It's tacky. And, and like, sure, it might happen at a wedding, say, for like, you know, 20-year-olds are getting married. That That is a possibility. And also as a bride and groom, if you're inviting these guests, you know those people that would do that. 99% of the time that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen it. And I sure hope we never do. But it's... Like, we're assuming that the two tickets at your table is part of your decor when you sit down at your seat. Like, oh, these are my drink tickets. I'm going to go up and use them however I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If so. you ever want to see an angry hobbit slap something out of somebody's hand, you watch me do that to somebody because I would totally do that. I don't care who you are. If you're taking tickets off somebody's table, oof, no. Hard yeah, no. You know what's great about tickets is sometimes at the table, five out of the eight people drink. So those people will give you your tickets. I'm just saying. Just be real friendly. <laughs> well, you're not going to have those. Sharing is caring. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can I get you more cake <laughs> for that ticket? <laughs> so then with the idea of the drink ticket is like the ticket is the value of money. Mm-hmm. But then once you're out of drink tickets, you just buy your own drink. Exactly. And it, I like the drink ticket. I think it works quite well to keep a, within a budget. Mm-hmm. Personally, for my wedding, I didn't have a, I had a bar. I had a lot of drunk people. <laughs> And I love how you tried to do it on a Sunday because you're like, well, people have to work in the morning. Nope. 
I like the way it worked is the Sunday was the only day it was going to happen. Uh-huh, yeah, I was for like, sure, whatever. And I thought, oh, okay, everybody's going to go home. But the venue was shut down at 1030. So it kind of like worked out in my favor that, oh, okay, like people won't really drink and it's fine. Like it's a wedding. It's not a big deal. But oh, no. Oh, no. Quite the opposite. <laughs> but my, I guess like a side note is that my dancing started at almost 8, 8 p.m., which is pretty early for a wedding. So people still had a lot of energy. Yeah, they were still like of kind of feeding off of the speeches and like food and stuff. So I think they were just like kind of, they didn't lose energy at all. So they just kept going. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So if you have a wedding on a Sunday, just bump your dance party. So then another option is the limited bar. And that's usually when it looks like having a, you know, maybe beer, maybe we always suggest doing like a, a domestic and an import. You mm-hmm. might have wine. So you have red and white. You might want to do like two of your favorites. Um, and then super basic single, <laughs> single highballs or spirits. And the reason I say single is because if you're looking to keep track of your bar, don't do doubles. That's or a fa- shot or shots. That's the mm-hmm. fastest way to get a super messy party. But it's also a really fast way to bump up your your bill at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. If you're keeping track, if it's only five bucks per drink, then you're like, okay, so I've got a hundred people, five bucks a person. They're probably gonna have a few drinks throughout the night. It's a little easier for you to to um, to come up with that amount. When you're doing doubles, you're like, holy cow, that could be anywhere from fifteen to twenty bucks a drink. I'm paying for that holy cow no way so doing singles is definitely very very important and like we have clients that are like oh shots are really important to us like that's fine but it is a wedding at the end of the day so if if shots are like a big deal we offer two suggestions we say one only allow shots from the bride and groom so if the bride or the groom walk up to the bar and say i want 10 shots for me and my friends then you're controlling the narrative and you're controlling the bill exactly still fun it's like an element that Mm -hmm. you get to still enjoy with your certain friends but you're not having random people people you don't necessarily like know how to control their booze going for those shots Mm -hmm. and the second one is have it later like have it at 10 30 for maybe an hour Mm -hmm. uh, just so you can like let loose most of the older people have gone home and they usually know that that's kind of the time where the partying kind of happens yeah exactly Uh, and yeah, so just kind of plan to have it a little bit later in yeah, the game. Yeah, for sure. And we've had clients that just decide to have more of an elegant no shots. <laughs> I shouldn't say elegant, but they just choose to have no shots at all, and then they go to a bar later, yes. and then they have a party there. That's where you youngsters can have your fun. <laughs> you guys just kidding. I love shots. Let loose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of venues will actually offer packages as well. So oh, sorry. I have a disclaimer. Uh, with the shots el- portion most venues have a rule so clarify that with your venue before you f- sign your papers and say like am i allowed shots because a lot of venues in vancouver they don't allow it at all that's true mm-hmm. so doubles or shots they'll actually just completely a, um most of the prevent you from from offering them in general yes so before you offer make sure you're allowed <laughs> that's so true mm-hmm. or call. come up with a solution be like hey if i come up can i Mm-hmm. allow my friends a shot so yes sorry, exactly continue. no that's okay um no i was just going to say that if you with that in mind you can actually talk to your venue so uh, we work with um this one particular restaurant venue in on granville island yeah. called dockside they're super awesome and they actually provide different packages for the bar so you could do really simple where it's beer and wine you can do um more of a premium kind of beer and wine or maybe some some limited spirits um, they can they can offer a, a whole range of different drinks as well. They because they are actually also a restaurant, they have all this stuff on hand anyway. So again, you could always do maybe a beer and wine, and then guests like, as a host, and then guests can pay for their own hard bar as well. So there's a few things that if you just speak with your venue, you speak with the caterer coordinator, you know, bar wherever you're getting that from. Talk to them about what their packages look like because you maybe actually you might be able to customize something that will will fit for for you guys as a as a couple and your bottom line. <laughs> so. uh, another way to offer like a limited bar is you can offer just beer and wine. We always say beer and wine is very safe. It's mm-hmm. very it's not common to get super wasted off beer and wine. It certainly can happen, but it's really tough. It's a lot easier to do with shots of tequila or doubles or highballs. So if you didn't want to, if you just wanted to pay for beer and wine, then guests can select their own. You could do that as well. But you can also have one or two signature drinks. 
And I'm not talking like pink and blue. Right? <laughs> talking, Those are my favorite. Right? Like, oh, her is and hers. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, have signature drinks. Not only is it like a fun element to your wedding day, mm-hmm. people will mostly go for the signature drink. It's not like they're going to, you know, have a, a gin fizz with like lavender mm-hmm. at a club or a bar. Right. But they will have that at a wedding because everybody's kind of there. It's like light, refreshing. It, it pairs with your day. Yeah. So to have those options, encourage them and find a price point that works for your bill. Yes, absolutely. I love it when they actually serve drink cocktails like French 75s because mm. they're so bougie. They're so nice and, and so tasty. And when would you have it? You, you wouldn't would... have it unless you go to a cocktail bar and you're, you know, popping a bunch of money for them. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like an experience. So it's, it, it just adds on to the guest experience and also controls your bill. <laughs> exactly. And then lastly, our uh, we always, always suggest this to our clients is to have something available almost immediately after the ceremony when you're moving in a cocktail hour. So if you have 100 guests, they are going from ceremony to cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. They're going to slam the bar. Have something out. Often a champagne is like the main one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can change that up, whatever. But like a tray of champagne can, you know, give 10, 15 guests a drink in their hand. So people are way, way happier with some kind of beverage. If you don't want to pay for the alcohol, have punch. Have a punch station, have a water station, or give out, like, punch in champagne glasses. It's no different. It's just the glassware, right? And, like, that way the bar isn't bombarded. Guests have a drink in their hand, and it's classy as it's so true. (laughs) Classy AF. But it's, like, hella classy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you're like a glass garden. is just a vessel for liquid. Yes. It could be a coffee cup, whatever. <laughs> Classy with a K, whatever. Yeah. And then kind of my last piece to the uh, to our advice of the gray area is you can choose a certain time for your bar to be open. A lot of our mm-hmm. clients will choose cocktail hour to be open and then cash bar the rest of the time. <laughs> the trick is do not let your guests know this ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, because then they'll just stock so up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tricky thing too, I find, and something we always advise with our clients as well, is that if you're going to change from a host bar to a cash bar, is to do it a little bit seamlessly. So for example, mm. you have your ceremony, you've got cocktail hour, you would like to host cocktail hour. Then everybody has to, the bar has to close because everyone has to be seated so that you can begin dinner. That's a great opportunity for you to transition from a host bar to a cash bar. And the reason why I say this is because there is nothing worse than being that sad sack of shit that's the last guy in line, okay? You've got five other people ahead of you, and they all get a free drink, and then all of a sudden, it's 6.01. You're like, sorry, man. It's a cash bar now. And you're like, I've been in line for 15 minutes. Are you kidding me right now? You're like, yeah, it's it's eight bucks a drink. I would storm out of there. Well, there's nothing worse than like, okay, one person gets the hint that cash that uh, house bar is, sorry, that uh, open bar mm-hmm. is not going to be available. Mm-hmm. So it'll kind of be like this rumor that kind of starts through the crowd. It's like, oh, it's like uh, open bars closing, like get more open bars closing, get more. And then there's this rush and then people have four or five drinks in their hand carrying it to the table. Well, and it's, it's kind of like. It's super gross. Yeah. First. It's not but very like, classic. would I do it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As a guest. But if the whole point is for you to be minimizing how much money goes out the door at your bar to let people know like, oh, and by the way, we're changing to a cash bar and you have a herd of people trying to get a <laughs> bunch of drinks, you've just basically spent more money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of don't want to let them know necessarily. But I do like the cocktail hour if it's like in one spot. Yes. And then it closes inside. Mm-hmm. It's a new bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you could do uh, open bar after dinner, like dancing. Mm-hmm. Part, right? So it's like, oh, okay, like speeches are done. Everything's done. Bar's open. Mm-hmm. Woo. Exactly. It's a little bit more intentional too, I think, mm-hmm. if you do it a little bit broken like that. Because generally speaking, you're also going to have wine service or you're going to have wine on the table as well. So it's not like people are going to be dry for like three, two, three hours, right? You're going to have your cocktail hour, then you're going to be, you'll be seated. You'll have some beverages at dinner as well. And then once you do all of the rest of the formalities, then you go right into the dancing. And then at that point, then it's like, okay, it's a cash bar. You still have to let them know that that's going to happen, but at least, you know, yeah. Or so they're moving around, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, else to just, just keep people in the know because then otherwise then you have a really messy bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, kind of the last piece here is do not be afraid to talk to your venue about mm-hmm. sales. So most 
venues have the ability. Now you have to clarify this ahead of time. And as your as wedding planners, that we often do this for our clients, but be like, do you have the ability to let me know when the bar hits four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars? So then you have an idea of the money that's being spent. Mm-hmm. And then you could say like, yes, continue. No, shut it down. Cash bar. So you're not stuck with a $20 bill at the end bill. of the night. Oh my right? God. So yeah, do not be afraid to ask your caterers questions. Or uh, most venues have a minimum spend. Mm-hmm. So say your food and your rental, whatever, comes to like $10,000. Your minimum spend's twelve. Great. My bar budget can be $2,000 with exception of movement. Mm-hmm. And um, then you could choose on the wedding day what you want to do. Exactly. And of course... $2,000 is great for 60 people, not so much for 200 Yes. So clarify yes. how many drinks please, people yes. can get for 2000 Please speak with your wedding planner. Speak mm-hmm. with your – if you've hired a bar service, with your venue, caterer, whoever, and, and get a really good idea for what your bar is going to be because that's a question we get all the time. Always. And it, it always varies based on your guest count and based on how long people are going to be drinking. We always like to say it's like one drink per person per hour that they'll be drinking. So if you have like a six hour day, that's six drinks per person. Seem you know, that's that's kind of a lot. I mean like some people won't drink that. Some people won't have any. But some people will have eleven drinks. Yeah. And we don't judge it. It evens out. But that's a a great math to use when you're budgeting for your bar. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then that way once you figure out, you know, what that number looks like, then it'll help you with your budgeting and help you kind of get used to the idea like, okay, if we do an open bar, this is how much we could potentially be spending, mm-hmm. more or less. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, real talk. This is the part where we provide you with information that's going to help you make the white decision. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but whatever you decide, you should both be comfortable and don't give in to beer pressure. <laughs> I love oh that you read it the way I wrote it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Biggest advice. Do not leave this shite to chance. Do oh. not like willy nilly whatever. Like really dig into this because your bar bill can twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> like, when you think really you'll, le- we'll just let it happen. Please don't. <laughs> please, please don't. Ask for help. That's why we're here. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We do strongly suggest that if you do a cash bar, at least consider wine for the tables. And this is very easy to control. You don't want a whole bunch of half-empty bottles either, so ask your venue or your caterer about table pour service. And basically what this, what I mean by this um, is if you decide you want to do, you know, a cash bar for maybe for your cocktail hour and for later on, it's a, most people need to drink something at dinner. So you're going to want to do wine service. The best way for you to manage your wine consumption during your event is to have your servers or your staff actually pouring the wine. I used to like the idea as a guest, <laughs> just leave the bottle on the table. Drop. We call drop it pour bo- and drop. Pour and drop or do yes, it first pour down. and drop. Just drop the wine on the table and everybody can serve themselves. Mm-hmm. However, with our catering experience, we've come to come to realize that you will have a lot of half empty wine bottles. And if you are being charged per consumption, meaning every open bottle of wine you are charged and you have seven open bottles of red wine, that are only half full and we're not able to be served at the bar, that's a lot of money out the that door. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> and they can't necessarily give it to you if they don't have the if they don't have the corks anymore. They yeah. They're like, well we this is all like it's you, it's it you and also depending on where it comes from, if the venue provides it, then they're not necessarily going to give it to you in a paper bag, so you can take it home. <laughs> so there's a lot of things to to like. That's one thing to to consider if you're looking to uh, to try and minimize what your bar bill is. Wine service at your tables and wine at the tables is great because it really encourages your guests to sit down. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than like people getting up um, during your dinner service, like especially when speeches oh. are happening. We often suggest to close your bar for yes, speeches. One hundred percent. Not everybody can do it, but it is super disruptive when a heartfelt you know speech is saying. And then, oh my gosh, yeah. grandma's pouring her heart out, <laughs> and you've got to. Oh my god, it's the worst. And we've had we've had it many times where yeah. we're like. Mm, quiet please or even like the clinking of the glass or Mm. ice going in the glass it just becomes it's distracting it gets amplified (laughs) and then your dagger eyes are going there yes we'll walk over to you and be like shush yes and most people like say like well I don't drink wine it's like well it's free so just sit there (laughs) like oh add seven up I don't care (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and sometimes that's actually been a, a really valid concern where we'll have, you know, some people say we don't want to drink wine at mm-hmm. dinner. We want to have beer. Like if we're only serving wine and beer and now you've closed the bar and now the only thing I'm drinking is now wine. prohibited for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. So talk to your caterer or your bar or wherever and just say, if I ask for a beer, can you please bring it to me? Yeah, it's not an keeps the flow of the dinner service in place. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you don't you won't typically have that level of service because it's not like a restaurant. You're not asking the server to go get you, you know, the the beer highball or whatever. But if it comes down to it where you're closing the bar down and that's the only thing that they're going to drink, then it's a nice gesture to be able to offer that. Yeah, and like it, most people would just be like, "I want to drink wine and." And just like prepare your catering mm-hmm. or bar or restaurant, whatever. I mean, like someone might ask for a beer and just if that's cool, if you can just grab it for them. Exactly. And most people will say no problem. No problem. Yeah. yeah. You're paying a bunch of money to be at this venue. We'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, okay. So don't be afraid to talk to your catering bar, whoever service you're with, about really understanding the price of a drink. Mm-hmm. So in British Columbia, we are taxed out the yin-yang for everything. <laughs> so a drink could be $7, but do not forget about the 5% GST. I don't think 7% is added. No. No. But there is this little secret percentage of 18 to 22% service fee. Called that, your liquor tax. Mm-hmm, that often bonus. goes, gets gets hidden in there somewhere. Oh, no, this liquor tax, I think, is 7%. But most venues have like a grat or service fee. Well, there's the grat as well, but yeah. you'll have a liquor tax. So you know how when you go out for, for drinks or something like that, or you'll go out to a bar somewhere and you'll look at the, the bill oh, and what? it'll be like your tax, like your GST, mm-hmm. and then you'll have a liquor tax as well? Yes, crazy. I shake my fist. Yeah. So don't like go to your caterer and be like, how much is it like per drink? Like say, okay, like if my guests all had two drinks each and say it was, you know, second tier wine and maybe some highballs, like what's my budget there? And they can give you a range. But if you really, really want to know the cost of like an individual drink, then definitely get that because you are paying a lot of money for your day. So don't be afraid to get those facts in. If you are at an open venue or your friend or like a bartending service is coming in, like review what money's involved. We talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit, but like the bottom line is the money should not be handled by you. <laughs> like as a bride and groom, it should be handled by someone you trust, a service, whatever, but it should not be like an issue on your wedding day you shouldn't have to worry about it on your wedding day i think is kind of what that means so either if it's your money then you need to have somebody that you trust to manage your money if it's a float that's provided by the venue Mm -hmm. let them take care of it yes and a way around this is like if you want to recoup some of your costs totally get it that's fine just have a like drinks by donation or i had a client that called it a vacation fund so people would drop a five a ten you know, whatever for like over the drinks of the evening. And then they got like a bunch of cash take on their honeymoon, but it, it didn't set a precedent so they had to pay for the drink every time, but it was mm-hmm. encouraged to have the tips. And of course have someone monitor that. Yeah. <laughs> or of course. Someone yeah. that's going to be sober around the time of the end of the night for to sure. take the money and give it to you. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And don't put that responsibility on your planners because your planners have so many other things to look at. It's really hard for us to focus on the money part. Mm-hmm. And if a planner says yes, I'd be shocked. Well, they've got, yeah, I mean, we've got so much going on that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. It's too much. It's a, it's a lot Mm -hmm. to, to take on that responsibility. And also it's not our money. And again, it comes down to a liability thing. That's partly why as caterers, we were like, if it's not our money, we don't want to touch it because if something goes missing, we're not responsible for it. Same with, same with this as a wedding planner. You know, I will, I will help you. We'll help you make it happen. We'll help you, you know. We'll provide you with all the tools that you need to make it happen, but we are not going to physically touch your money in any That's way right. because yeah. it's a responsibility. It's a li- liability thing. And if something goes missing, I, we would be devastated if something were to happen. So. Especially now calls involved. Like nobody remembers anything. No one remembers anything. Yeah. And was there a camera? Hard? No, we're in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, not everything is about alcohol. Yes. Oh, man. Like have those non-alcoholic options available. Have punch. Have a bougie water station with lemons and herbs and whatnot. I always love those. Oh, yeah. And they're so pretty. They're so Instagrammable. And they're very refreshing. Yes. And usually cheap. It's water. And lemon. And lemon. <laughs> Maybe a sprig of rosemary. <laughs> Throw and some grass in there while you're at it. Just right. Keep it it's organic. Cheap. Whatever. <laughs> and like you will not. I see. I say like in the weddings that we've done. 
whoever has a coffee tea station the whole time, everybody's best friend. Like, oh, yeah. Especially us, but coffee tea, people love. If you can't have both, have the coffee. Have coffee. Or coffee sure. and hot water. Big Yes. Ones, with like some lemon slices. Mm-hmm. Super simple, usually pretty inexpensive, mm-hmm. and your guests appreciate it. Your yeah. guests have a long day dedicated to a wedding to see a little coffee bar at 3 p.m. Oh, that's so magic right there. So <laughs> nice. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we have faith that you will absolutely make the right choice for your wedding. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) Join (laughs) us next time, next Friday on the podcast. Uh, We'll have a brand new episode for you. Until then, ciao. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.